Y'all have an awesome time Sunday? It was legit. Like, I had a, my heck of big Mexican family came out. I was praising Jesus. But, um, you know, I thought about it. I didn't realize until yesterday morning, you know, Pastor, Benjamin's had a, Pastor Benjamin had us praying for the 12, right? And I realized a bunch of my family members came up. And it didn't dawn on me how faithful God is because one of the people that responded to the message was my cousin. Um, you know, the cousin that did the baby dedication, it was his younger brother. And his younger brother and his wife were two of the ones that I've been praying for since the beginning of the year. And I was like, oh, snap. I didn't even realize that God answered my prayer right there. And it was powerful. So what God is doing is amazing. There is a wave of God's supernatural work that's, uh, that's happening in this house. And so I want you to just gear up and get ready to be a part of it. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Lord, our desire is to glorify you in all that we do and all that we say and how we live. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Lord God, this is a time of victory for this house. God, this is a church and this is a body. This is a family that is victorious, God, that is strong, that is courageous. And Father, I pray today that your word would come with power and that you would, Lord God, inspire us with great faith to move forward in your call. Move forward in your purpose, Lord God, with expectation of the good things that you're doing in this house. God, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, let's go. Look to your other neighbor and say, are you ready? You know, I love underdog stories. How many of you like on underdog stories? I think it's because, like, I was the middle kid in the family, and my brothers were always bigger than me and always buffer than me and always got more fried chicken than I did when my mom made it. And uh, I used to get punked, right, as a little boy, just keep it real. But I, I always fought. No matter what, I gave it my all. Even if they were going to beat me, I was like, you're going to beat me, but I'm going to get you. At least one good shot, I'm going to get you. And, you know, I love the story of Cinderella Man. Anyone ever see that movie, Cinderella Man, about Jimmy Braddock, James Braddock? And the story, like the movie is kind of sad. It's about, the, you know, the Great Depression and Jimmy Braddock was a fighter during this time. And he was a great fighter. And then he broke his hand and, you know, he was, became a horrible fighter. But there comes a, there becomes a change in his career. There comes a shift in his career. And he's, he's beginning to rise again to power because when he broke his hand, he had to go work on the docks. And as he started working on the docks, his hand, his left hand got stronger. And his left hand was his weak hand. And so even in the midst of this uh, turmoil and in the midst of this uh, just uh, um, chaotic situation, there was good that started to come from it. And he was in an interview as he started getting bigger, uh, just better as a fighter. And they began to ask him, like, what's changed? What's changed about you? Why, how are you, why and how are you going to do better than you did before? And his answer hit me so much because at this point, the Great Depression has hit. His family was poor. They were losing all they, all they had. It can barely make um, enough money to, to pay the PG&E and keep the light on and keep the fire going. And he said, this time I'm fighting for bread and for milk. And I began to think about that. I was like, man, this dude is dope. He's not fighting for fame. He's not fighting for acclaim. He's not fighting for anything else but to put, put food on the table for his children. And so he knows what he's fighting for. And because he knows what he's fighting for, he goes into that ring fully assured that I'm going to give it everything that I got. And there is nothing that is going to stop me. Because if I don't fight this fight, my wife and my children may not have food on the table tomorrow. You know, and I, when I read this, when I watch this movie, I get juiced up. I'm like, man, let's go. I mean, I get, I'm one of those ones that gets excited about everything, right? So I'm like, man, I want a box now. I'm, I'm, ready, to be, I'm ready to go. But when I, when I watch that movie, it reminds me of a story in Scripture, and I want to take you there to 2 Samuel 23. 
Because to me, this is one of the greatest stories of an underdog situation in Scripture. It's not very familiar to a lot of people. And some may even skim over this passage and be like, wow, you know, I, I read that maybe like 10 years ago and I didn't even realize it was there. But in 2 Samuel, or 2 Samuel 23, there's a story of Benaiah. And we're going to start in verse 20. It says, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moabite's best men, or Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty men. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Now, I don't know if you caught it when we read that story, but it said that this man jumped into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And I think about this passage. I'm like, why is this one passage here in this in this story? Why is this one scripture so important? I mean, because I don't know about you, but jumping into a pit with a lion, that don't make sense. It's like, do you want to die? I mean, I don't know about any of you guys, but if you saw a lion go into a pit, how many of you would follow him in there? I'd be like, peace, man, that lion's stuck. Keep him there. But Benaiah, something rose up inside him to motivate him to kill this lion. And I began to think about what was it? I mean, he could have left the lion there and possibly the lion would have been okay by itself. He could have walked away. I mean, nobody was probably looking around. Nobody was probably there like, hey, you going to go fight that lion? Oh, you ain't going to fight that lion. Oh, you're gonna go fight? You ain't going to fight that lion, man, you sucker. Nobody was probably saying that to him because they were all scared too if they were there. Like, you go fight the lion then. No, I'm cool, bro. Hey, let's go. You know, I think David's calling us. But something inside of Benaiah led him to this. And you know what I think it was? I think it was the same thing that James Braddock had inside of him. If I leave this lion there, if I allow this lion to live, this lion is going to be a threat. Not just to me. I mean, because I can go and run. I can go and go into the hills. I can go to my house in safety and protection. But this lion may one day come out of this pit and kill a young child. This lion may one day come out of this pit and kill another man and another woman that are a part of the people of Israel. And I believe there was something in Benaiah that caused him to rise up and stand and say, you know what? Not on my watch. I've seen this lion go into that pit. And you know what? I'm accountable to take this lion out. There was a sense of defense and a sense of protection that rose up inside of Benaiah. And I think that that was the heart of God even in Benaiah as a warrior. Because he knew that the God of Israel stood as a protector over his people. Something in Benaiah said, if my God watched a threat enter into the kingdom of his people and enter into the villages of his people, my God would not allow that threat to remain. I have to go after this. But the question is, how do you recognize the lions that are in the pits in your life? How do you recognize what are the threats? Do you see this lion as a threat? I mean, to some, they might have just saw, oh, it was a lion, and hey, he's in the pit. That's cool. He's kicking it. The question is, is this lion a threat? Will it come back and bite you in the butt or devour you later? 
Is it dangerous to you? Is it dangerous to your family? Is it dangerous to the people of God that are around you? And to Benaiah, the answer was yes to all of them. I can leave this here now, but guess what? Later, this lion may come out of this pit. This lion may kill something or somebody. And those people are too valuable to me and to God and to the King David. These people are way too valuable to even risk it. And so many times, Scripture says, you know, the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He goes around walking around just like this lion. And many times we're like, the threats are there and we just say, oh, it's not my fight. You know what I'm saying? It's not my thing to deal with. But what happens if you leave it alone? What happens if you let it linger in that place? For some of us, the lion may be fear. There's fear in our life. And I don't know if you realize what fear does, but it paralyzes. Fear paralyzes you. It keeps you from moving forward. Joyce Meyer describes fear as a false evidence appearing real. She says it's something that's not even a reality to God, but it's a reality to us. And in scripture, there's over 365 verses that says, do not fear. Scripture never says, don't feel fear. Because guess what? I think Benaiah felt fear. I mean, think about this. He knew that if I'm going to face this threat, if I'm going to go after this lion, I'm going to have to jump into that pit. I'm going to stand. It's probably about 10 feet away from me. I'm going to have to look at this thing that could devour me in an instant. This thing that is far stronger than me, that outweighs me, that is far more powerful than I. I'm going to have to look it in the face. And, I mean, I don't know about you, just even playing baseball. You know, it's the last game, and it's two outs, a runner on base, and I'm up. And if I get the winning hit, I'm, like, shaking. I'm, like, I'm looking at that pitcher, like, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take you out. But this is a lion. This is something that will snuff his life out in an instant. And, but he had to face it. And for some of us, we don't realize that those lions of fear, we have to go after them. Because if we don't, they're going to paralyze us. They're going to paralyze us from pursuing the dreams that God has given us. They're going to paralyze us from pursuing the purposes that God has given us. They're going to paralyze us from becoming the men and the women that God has called us to be. For some of us, it's the lions are lies. The enemy gets right up in our ear. You can never do that. And it's threatening us. That lies threaten us from moving forward in the purpose and the call of God. For some of us, you're inadequate for this. You can't face this. And we're so afraid of this lie. We're there as if it's just right in our face and it's going to devour us. We allow it to intimidate, intimidate us. We allow it to cripple us and to cause us to retreat. What are the lions that are, you're facing in your life? You know, when scripture, when we look at scripture, the major image of warfare is putting to death the flesh. The major image of warfare that we see in scripture is putting to death the flesh. Paul says in Romans 8, if by the spirit you put to death the flesh, you will live. Why? Because this is one of the major things that threatens us as believers. But Paul always recognizes the believer as victorious over it. But yet we seem so defeated over it. I mean, I, was, I remember being in my theology class and I was talking to my teacher. I said, I said, I don't get where, where Paul recognizes defeat in the Christian life. It doesn't make sense to me where, where, where you know, it seems that as Christians, we, we walk around defeated. And we walk around as if the flesh, as if sin, as if lust, greed, jealousy, envy, adultery is so much stronger than the spirit of God that is in our life. I, it doesn't, I don't see that in scripture. I don't see that in Romans. Matter of fact, Paul says we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
Paul says there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. And because of that, we are more than conquerors in all things, in everything that we face. But yeah, scripture tells us that by the spirit, we're called to put to death the flesh. And so many times when we allow little things to live, we don't recognize the threats. For young men, just being real, when we get into the, the, the things of pornography, issues of pornography, issues of lust, no one ever says, hey, this is going to cripple you 10 years from now. No one ever says, it's just a little threat right now. But 10 years from now, guess what? You're going to be full-blown, all out. You're gonna, it's going to mess up your relationship with your wife. It's this little thing, well, I don't have to deal with it right now. And even with girls, like, girls and women, if we find our value in our bodies, if we find our values in how we look or even the things that we do, no one says that this is a threat. 10 years from now, you're just going to try to function. You're just going to try to do. And the minute that someone rejects you and what you can do for them, you're going to see yourself as completely invaluable. And we allow those lies to remain in our ears. We allow them to stay in our hearts. I'm unwanted. I'm not needed. We allow those areas of the flesh to live. It's just one little lie. Have you ever got caught in a lie where it started off really, really, really small, but then it grew really, really, really big? And then you got back and you turn around like, hold up. How did this start? And how did I get here? Oh, snap. This is all bad. You know, I determined early on in my marriage, I said, I will never lie to my wife. Never. I will never even let there be a little lie. Because if I allow it to start off small, guess what? This lion that's in the pit right now, and doesn't seem like a threat. I could walk away from the pit, but guess what? The lion is still there. I could walk away from the situation, but guess what? The situation is still there. And I said, you know, I will never lie to my wife. I'm going to tell her the truth, even if it hurts. And she told me to, babe, I want you to tell me the truth, even if it hurts. I said, but what if you get mad? I don't care. Let me get mad, but tell me the truth. But what if you don't want to talk to me for a week? I don't care. Tell me the truth. And that's a scary thing to face that. Especially when we know you said something stupid or you know you did something stupid. It's like, oh, dang. Or you spent that money that your wife asked you not to spend. Hey, babe, you know, we were kicking it with the guys, right? And um, Tapioca Express turned into a Texas Roadhouse, turned into a movie night, turned in. But, baby, you promised me we're going to get this, this, and this. You see, I know, right? But, man, we're going to get it next month. (laughs) but it starts off small we don't recognize the threat so many in in our lives there's so many lies that we're holding on to that the enemy has brought all these little lines that the enemy has brought in our ears and we don't recognize that if we allow this to remain here 10 years from now five years from now a week from now it's going to overtake us and devour us see benaiah said i don't play that benaiah said that's not going to happen on my watch It doesn't matter what threatens me. It doesn't matter how big it seems. I know that I have to jump into this pit. I know that I have to risk my life. And guess what? Again, when you get into those situations, it's not easy. When you jump into the pit, it's not easy. And it takes a decision. It takes a decision to say, I'm going to go from here into there. And some of us, God's opening things in our lives to deal with. And we're walking to the brink. We're like, I got it, God. And we get to the brink and we're like, Okay, I thought I got a God, but um, I'll deal with this later. And the Lord said, I want you to change that habit. I want you to change that thought pattern. I want you to deal with this situation. The things about speaking, even today when Pastor Benjamin exhorted us in getting our minds right, the Lord said, I want you to get your mind right now. And you're like, okay, I'll get to the edge, God. Oh, but that's a little hard. 
that means I got to start reading the Bible to renew my mind with truth. And then I got to start meditating on that truth. I got to memorize a little bit of stuff. But that's hard, God. It takes work when you start jumping into the pits. It takes work to start entering into that area. Or some of us, there's areas where God is wanting us to change. And they're so big to us. We feel like there's threats in our lives. We feel like there's these lions. You know, I think about the vision that God's given Pastor Benjamin and us moving forward as a church and the shifting of life that it's going to take. It's a lion. It's a lion because I'm forced with the decision. I'm either going to change and move forward with the purpose of God or I'm going to remain where I'm at. And if I remain where I'm at, well, really what I'm doing, I'm being paralyzed by fear. And one day that fear is going to overtake me and I'll never be able to move forward. I'm either going to readjust my life and move forward in the purpose of God or I'm going to be held back and allow this lion of change even to overtake me. You see, a lot of times we don't recognize that God may have even allowed this lion to be a part of, to enter into our life or enter into our path in order for us to draw near to him to be able to learn how to confront it. Like I think about this story, and later it says that David made Benaiah the captain of his bodyguard. I mean, I see this as an opportunity for, for Benaiah to prove himself as the mighty warrior that he was. I mean, I just imagine David watching him. I imagine David just chilling, watching somewhere from far away. Benaiah, not even knowing that David's watching him. But Benaiah sees this happen, and David watches. Oh, yeah, I saw. He saw that lion going there. What's he going to do? That pit's not that deep. That lion one day can get out. What's he going to do here? Is he going to let this lion stay there? And I just, I can see even if there was other men around, a lion was there, just walking away. But I just see Benaiah tightening his hand around his sword. I see him get ready to say, I ain't going to let this happen. Not even thinking that David's watching. Not even thinking that this is a setup. But then he gets into that place where he says, not on my watch. And there's sometimes where we're crying out to God to even answer prayers. We're like, God, change this situation. God, remove this lion from my life. God, remove this thought from my mind. God, change this situation. And God's saying, if I do that, you'll never learn how to fight it. If I do that, you'll never learn how to walk with the sword that I placed in your hand. If I do that, you'll never learn how to work through this issue with your wife or work this issue, through this issue with your family. If I do that, if I answer your prayer here, you're never going to learn how to be strong. Enough. I'll never be able to promote you to the place as captain of the bodyguard as long as you keep running from these lions. See, Benaiah had to begin to enter into a place where he made a decision that I'm going to confront this. He had to have confidence and he had to have faith that the God of Israel was going to give him victory. See, we got to begin to move from the place where we recognize the threat to begin to say, I'm going to deal with this. I recognize the lie here. I recognize the fear here. I recognize the change that needs to happen here. But you know what? I'm not just going to recognize it. I'm not just going to identify it. But now I'm going to begin to confront it. And the first step after we identify the lie, after we identify the threat, you need to arm yourself. I mean, I don't think it doesn't say and I don't think, but I had jumped in there barehanded. You need to begin ready to arm yourself to get ready for that fight. And how do we fight the flesh? How do we fight lies? How do we fight things that are not the truth of God's word? We fight it with the word of God. Our victory is in God's word. It says, the, uh, Psalms 33, 4, it says, the Lord, word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. When I know that God is faithful in all he does, and I know his word is right and true, that means as long as I'm meditating on his word, I can't be outside of what is right. As long as I'm meditating on what is truth, I know that I cannot but be victorious. 
When I recognize that scripture says that God always leads me in triumphant procession, then I know that no matter what situation I'm facing, no matter what lion is coming my way, I know that I will always walk in victory. We need to begin to arm ourselves, and not just by that, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been given the spirit of the living God that lives and dwells in our lives. And so many times as believers, we don't utilize the power of the spirit in our lives. I think Benaiah fought this lion with supernatural power. I think even God anointed him to fight this lion. And I think there's situations that you're facing. There's lies and even lies that have been perpetuated in your family for generations. That God has anointed you to confront and anointed you to break. I mean, I think about Pastor Willie's testimony. And one thing he said, this, he said, this is my destiny. I would say that was his destiny. Why? Because his family for so long lived in this pattern. But now by the spirit of God, he's anointed to confront those situations and determine that there was going to be a change that takes place in my life and in the family that comes after my life. You don't realize that what we're doing right now in Living Hope Christian Center, we are beginning to set a new pattern for all that will come after us. For all of the people of God that are going to come in our pattern. What Benaiah was doing at that moment and confronting that lion. He said every warrior that ever see, every warrior in Israel that ever sees a lion go into a pit, he's going to follow my pattern. And if he walks away, he's going to know he allowed a threat to remain among his people. What we're doing in standing on the promise of God, what we're doing in allowing the spirit of God to help us to confront the areas of flesh in our lives. We're, we're right now, we're starting to pattern and saying all those that follow us, all those that walk after us, they're going to see victory. They're going to see faith and they're going to see that through the power of the spirit, we are more than conquerors in all we do and always say, you know, I love the story of Paul when he's in prison at Philippi because Paul had a choice. Paul had a choice to confront the situation that he was facing. I mean, Pastor Benjamin preached on it a couple weeks ago, and we showed being in prison, being in there beaten, having your back whipped, having your hands and feet in stocks. I mean, Paul had every white right to be like, God, why did you do that to me? Man, I was preaching the gospel. Matter of fact, Lord, a couple of days ago, we just cast out a demon out of a young girl. I mean, have you ever felt that way? God, I've been faithful. Lord, I've been moving forward. Lord, I've been praying for people. Lord, I've been witnessing to people. Lord, I've been evangelizing. I've been paying my tithes. Lord, I've been worshiping. I've been more than a conqueror. My attitude, God. I've been being actually nice to people, Lord. I mean, Paul could have said, God, we had just preached the gospel. We set a woman free who was demonically possessed. We're going out doing your missionary journey, which you set apart me and Barnabas to do. By your Holy Spirit. But now I'm stuck here in this prison. And at that moment, he had to confront that lion. The lion of intimidation. The lion of discouragement. The lion even possibly of depression. I mean, think about how you feel emotionally. I mean, God delivered someone from a demon. People getting saved, beaten. Encouraged, excited, juiced up, powerful Easter Sunday service, hard week. And Paul had a choice at that moment. I'm going to either confront this lion or I'm going to allow it to devour me emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And he chose to worship. You know, the story of William Wilberforce, I love this story. Because for over 20 years, 30 years, actually 30 years of his life, William Wilberforce out of England fought to abolish the slave trade. He saw that this was a lion within society. 
And as a Christian man of God, he could not allow this lion that was demoralizing humanity, not just Africans, but it was demoralizing everyone that participated in it. He chose, I cannot allow this lion to live within society. And he fought, he fought tooth and nail with all of his life. And he chose that no matter what happens, I'm going after this lion and I'm going to take it down. He was physically sick, confronted time after time with this bill, which he put in parliament to be passed, confronted time after time with this failure. Some of us were trying to move forward in God and the line of failure attacks us. See, you messed up. You were walking holy for a week. But then you went back to this. See, you were thinking truth for a week, but then you started meditating on all those lies. See, you were walking pure for a month, but then this is what happened. And the line of failure is roaring in your face. And you have to choose at that moment to arm yourself with the truth of God. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God, I'm going to rise up in your strength. I'm going to rise up by your power. I'm going to rise up with the strength that goes outside of me, but is mine in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to face this head on. We have to learn not only to identify those lies and identify the lions and not only to arm ourselves, but we have to determine that we're not going to be defeated. You have to determine in your heart. Come hell or hot water, I'm going in and I'm coming out with victory. I mean, I remember getting ready to wrestle at times in wrestling meets. And when you get ready to go into that mat, you can't go in there with any ounce of, dang, this dude might get me. I remember facing off some guys and I'm like, you know, I was a freshman, I was kind of scrawny. And like my brothers, they used to whoop on me, right? So I'm like, dang, I saw one dude and he was small, stocky dude, but he was cut. I'm like, oh, this dude ain't in ninth grade. Hey, can we get this double check? Can we check his birth certificate? But I remembered once I get in that mat, I can't even let a hint of that happen. I can't allow a hint of fear. I can't allow a hint of discouragement. I can't allow a hint of insecurity. I can't allow a hint of intimidation. The minute I step onto that mat, I'm looking like I'm about to stick you, dude. You're about to go home to mama. It's lights out. And as soon as that blow, they blow that whistle, I'm in it. Everything I got, heart, soul, physical energy, strength, emotion, not one ounce of strength in me can say defeat. Because the minute I allow a little bit defeat, it begins to creep through my body like gangrene. And pretty soon I'll be on my back pinned. And the same thing is in the spirit. We have to determine that if my God is victorious, it doesn't matter what I'm facing. It doesn't matter how much I fail. It doesn't matter how much change needs to happen. I will not be defeated because I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. I don't matter. It doesn't matter how many times I fall in trying to face this line. It doesn't matter how many times I struggle and try and become victorious over it. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. There has to be a determination in us. Before we confront it, there has to be a determination in us that we're not backing down, that I'm not backpedaling. You know, as we begin to begin to plan out ABBA conference, I remember PB started sharing a little bit. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's a big vision. And I'm not going to lie. I'm like, that's a lion. This thing is big. And I started getting a little scared. Like, dang, can I really do this? Can God really make this happen? Like, we're trying to reach thousands of people through this. And then we're going to take it to a couple other UCs after this. Damn, but I'm hecka small. This thing is hecka big. I'm hecka inadequate. And this thing's going to take a lot of knowledge, skill, and diligence. Do I really got? And I caught myself. 
if I allow this to happen, I'm going to see myself like a little worm. And I'll never be able to face it and move forward in the purpose and calling to God on my life. And at that moment, I had to say, you know what? I will not allow this lion to live. I will not allow this intimidation to rise up inside me. And I just said, God, I know with you all things are possible. God, I know that if this is your purpose, if this is your plan, it's going to happen. And it's going down dopely. It's going to happen amazingly. It's going to happen awesomely. And lives are going to be changed. People's hearts are going to be touched. And sons and daughters are going to rise up all around the world and know who they're called by. And know who the, what their calling is. And begin to walk in the purpose of God as sons and daughters of the Most High King. I had to determine at that moment, I will never let that way of thinking begin to pervade my mind again. I had to determine it. And then after I had to, we had to confront it. When you fight those lines, you got to one rec- You got to identify them. You got to recognize them in your life. Two, you got to begin to arm yourself for them. Three, you got to make that de- decision and determine in your heart. You will not be defeated Four, you got to finally confront them. You got to confront those things. I believe as God has been moving, moving us forward in this season of stewardship, He's been confronting areas of our life. Pastor Dyerall shared last week, he said, God, God's checking our faith, man. Are we really going to believe him to do what he's promised? Are we really going to stand in faith and trust him to fulfill what he said? Are we really going to get ready to jump into the line? When we move forward and there's souls that are being saved, even as Pastor Benjamin saying, he said, all right, we got to get ready for the harvest. And I'm not going to lie, I was confronted. I'm like, my life may have to change. What's going to happen now my cousin is saved? Am I going to really rearrange my schedule during the week to spend time to talk with him? Am I going to really get into the word of God and in prayer and pray and ask God to give me words to share with him? I had to begin to confront certain areas of my, I had to begin to confront those lions. Not only make a decision that, yes, I'll do it. I'm not going to be defeated by them, but I have to get ready to actually jump in. And I got to get ready to face them head on. I got to get ready even to face the or feel sometimes the fear that comes by staring that lion in the face. To feel the anxiety even because my heart's starting to beat and my, 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 my hands are starting to get sweaty and my armpits are starting to sweat up and my forehead's starting to get sweaty and my body's starting to get weak because I don't know what I'm going to say to him or I don't know what I'm going to say to her or I don't know how I'm going to confront this issue. You got to get ready to enter into that place and finally confront it. After you identify them, you got to realize, what is it like to confront this thing? What is it going to take? You know, you got to begin to calculate what type of change is really going to have to happen. What will not happen if I allow the threat to remain? I think Benaiah, he was far more overwhelmed by the reality that if he allowed this threat to, hap- to, to remain alive, that it would terrorize his people than he was even his own life. He was far more concerned about what the threat would do if it was not confronted than he was how it would affect him to face it head on. And we got to begin to enter into the selflessness of Christ sometimes to confront these lions. We need to begin to enter into a place where we realize it's not about us. That my life has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who am living, but it's Christ in me. To confront this thing may mean that I may look stupid. To confront this thing may mean that I may look foolish. To confront this thing may may get people laughing at me or even my family members questioning me or even my wife asking, babe, what are you doing? Two in the morning, waking up, praying. It may cause me to get out of my norm. It may cause me to enter into fearful places, but I have to choose. I have to allow the heart of Christ to overwhelm me so much, the protection of God, the desire to overcome, to overwhelm me so much that I will not allow this threat to remain. 
And then I also have to recognize the areas that I'm either fighting lions or I'm fighting gnats. Because there's some places where we think that we're fighting lions, but we're really not. There's some places we're really spinning our wheels in the natural. You know, I really begin to think, what's this American dream all about? Live to make money, to pay debt, to get in more debt, and to make more money, to pay my, my extra debt? Am I really fighting a lion that's worth fighting, or is this just a gnat that's going to die within, within 10 days? Some of us, were fighting battles, and they're not battles that God has caused us to fight. We got little things flying around us. And in some cases, you just need to ignore that. One of the greatest, well, some of the greatest advice I ever received was someone that said, you don't always have to fight every lie. Sometimes you just need to ignore them. There's things that are right up in our ear, and all it is is the buzzing that. You can't do this. You can't do that. God's not going to move. God's not going to answer that. God's not going to move in your family. You can't change this. You're worthless. You're weak. You're insignificant. And all you got to do is move beyond that lie and begin to pursue the truth. And I'm not going to pay attention to that. It's not truth. I've armed myself with the word of God. I've armed myself with what is real. Some of us are so busy expending all of our energy, our emotions, our time on things that are not even lines. They're not even threats. If we just ignore them, they'll die. And we're allowing the things that are big threats. I mean, it's like, you know, when I'm cleaning my house sometimes, I was like, babe, can you take care of this? And I'm over here, you know what I'm saying? I'm working on focusing on just the sink. Like, look, I'm going to clean this sink. This sink is going to be heck of clean. And she's like, babe, you clean that for like 30 minutes. What about the living room? This whole room is completely dirty. I'm a little concerned about this little old sink. Man, I'm about to steward this sink. This sink is going to be heck of clean. But as soon as someone walks into my house, what do they see? This room that's thrashed. If someone was to walk into the house of your spirit, would they see a sink that's clean? But yet all these rooms that are filthy? If someone that was walking to the house of your mind, would they see this one little sink that's clean, but all these areas filled with lies? Are you so busy expending your energy on trying to kill off these gnats that the lions that are threatening your morality, that are threatening your spiritual vibrancy, that are threatening your marriage, that are threatening your finances. They're there roaring and roaring and roaring. And it's like, well, it's too much work to deal with that. So I guess I'll just deal with this little thing. It's going to take a lot. I mean, I have to rearrange a lot of stuff. So I'll just work on this little issue first. You know, guys, you know, little, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. I'm working here. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you that through, by the spirit, you begin to identify the lions that you're facing. I want you to, cha- I want to challenge you. What are those lions? What is that fear? What are those lies? Where are the areas of the flesh that have been trying to rise up? Where are the changes that God's wanting to make? And they're roaring. Where are those areas that are threatening? I want to encourage you to arm yourselves today. To begin to meditate on the word of God. To begin to dwell on it richly. Allow the word of God to soak in you. Pastor Benjamin has challenged us to begin to memorize scripture. To begin to get it in us. So that way we know the truth. That we buy the truth and we sell it not. That's that's been a command. Have you been reading more? Have you been meditating on the word more? Even if it's one verse a day. Have you been meditating on that and allowing it to soak in your heart? I want to challenge you to begin to determine. I will not back down. And I will not give up until this lion is defeated in my life. And I want to charge you today to begin to confront those things. I want to charge you to begin to say, God, I'm going after it. And I'm going after it hard.
And God, I'm not going to back down. And I believe in the power of your spirit. And I believe in the power of your word. And I'm going to move forward. I'm going to be like Benaiah. And I'm going to jump into that pit with that line on a snowy day, whether people are watching or people are not. And I'm going to enter into that place and I'm going to do what has to get done because I will not allow these threats. I will not allow these lions who can come back and devour me later to remain in my life. I'm ready to get dirty. I'm ready to be in the snow. I'm ready to be in the cold. I'm ready to get my feet muddy. I'm ready to be one-on-one with this thing, God. Through the power of your spirit, I'm ready to walk victorious over it. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much today, God. We thank you that, God, this is a season that you are calling us to victory, Lord. Lord, you always lead us in triumphant procession. God, we are in a season where you are moving immensely by the power of your spirit. God, this is a season where we're not just going to experience growth by a building, but we're going to experience growth by the transformation of lives. God, we declare in the name of Jesus that we are going to be like Benaiah. And we're not going to fight lions in the natural, God, but we're going to fight lions in the spirit. God, we declare that we're going to change the way that we think. We declare, Lord God, that we're going to move forward. We're going to learn to identify these threats. We're going to learn to identify and recognize the fears, the lies, Lord God the flesh when it's popping its head up we're going to choose lord god to confront these things with a determination that we will not be defeated god i pray in the name of jesus that you would arm us by the power of your spirit that you would help us to recognize lord god that you've given us lord god you've given us weapons you've given us your presence you've given us your presence that goes before us and causes us to be victorious in all things lord God, I just declare that your your presence, your overwhelming presence over your sons and daughters right now in the name of Jesus. I just feel like some of them, Lord God, are, are in the pit or feeling that the pit's right there and they have to confront it, but they feel inadequate and they feel weak. And God, I just declare that by the Spirit, they are strong. I declare that they are strong today, God. I declare that the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in them, dwells in them. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And I declare that, God, they are strong in you. Father, I declare that we are arming our minds. We are arming our hearts with truth. With the freedom that comes from your word. God, I declare that they are strong with the sword of the spirit that's in their hands, God, which is the word of God. God, I declare that your word is being inscribed on the hearts and minds of your sons and daughters today. They are going to be armed to fight the lies, to fight the enemies. Lord God, just deception. I declare in Jesus' name that they are going to be armed with truth. And God, I just declare courage as we get ready for this new season, Lord, as we get ready to move forward in the victory that you have for us, as we get ready to move forward, Lord, in the growth in every area of our life. God, I just declare that courage is going to overwhelm us, Lord God. I declare that we are going to be strong and we are going to be courageous, God, because you are with us, because the Lord our God is with us and he'll be with us everywhere that we go. And I just declare that over you, sons and daughters of God, people of God, you are strong and you are courageous and the Lord your God is with you and will be with you wherever you go. In Jesus' name, God, we receive your word tonight. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.